It's been 20 years since the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration first proposed substantial revisions to hours of service regulations for truckers. These rules that cover how long truck drivers can be on duty and behind the wheel have seen some changes since they were originally finalized 17 years ago. However, two years ago, FMCSA announced plans to make significant changes. Well, now those changes have been released and are set to take effect later this year. This is the Eyes on the Road podcast presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed software dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge, and it's good to have you here. When you look back at the history of hours of service regulations for truckers, it goes back decades. In 1937, the Interstate Commerce Commission published the first rules, and for nearly 60 years, the rules saw only slight alterations. But in 1996, Congress ordered they be updated. Since that time, the Interstate Commerce Commission has closed. Regulation of trucking has passed from it to the Federal Highway Administration to FMCSA with its creation in 2000. Since FMCSA's first proposed rules took effect in 2003, hours of service regulations have been the subject of big debates and lots of litigation. Regardless of whether people inside trucking or outside of it like these upcoming changes, they will make life different for both truck drivers and fleet managers. Joining me on the line with details about this is former FMCSA Deputy Administrator Warren Heyman, who's now a prepass consultant. Warren, it's good to talk with you. Evan, good to be with you. Now, in these final rules, there are four major changes. The first has to do with changes to the 30-minute rest break. What's changing here, and what does it mean for drivers and fleets, Warren? Well, under the current hours of service rules, drivers must take a 30-minute rest break after eight hours of being on duty. Now, being on duty doesn't mean you're just driving. It means you may be loading, you might be fueling but you're on duty on the clock. And you must take those 30 minutes under the current rules completely off duty. It means you can't have anything to do associated with your job during your rest break. What FMCSA has decided in this final hours of service rule is, first of all, those 30-minute rest breaks will now be taken after eight hours of driving, not just being on the job. And then secondly, and probably even more importantly, that 30-minute rest break can be taken while you're on duty, but not driving. That means you could be fueling your truck. You could be loading, unloading, or watching the the truck being loaded and unloaded. And importantly to a lot of drivers, because they've complained, where do I park this truck to take a rest break? Because As we know, truck parking is always an issue. If you're fueling, if you're loading, unloading, that truck is parked, and you can take your rest break at that time. So that's a lot of flexibility given to truck drivers. First of all, there won't be as many of them taking a rest break because, no, in a given day, not everybody all the time drives for eight hours. But secondly, they have a lot of flexibility in how to take it. They do not have to be completely off-duty now. They can be doing other things that are related to their job, just not driving. For fleets, this gives a, a lot of flexibility as to where the driver can take the break. Fleets can work with drivers by talking to their common fuel vendors, by talking to their shippers and saying, hey, when our driver is there, we want our driver to be able to take the 30-minute rest break on your property. 
And that's, that's just good business to business talk. But it also means that frees up more time for the driver and for the fleet to complete the runs, to complete the schedules and better serve their customers. Okay, now the second change has to do with sleeper berth rules, meaning drivers can split their required 10 hours off duty into two periods rather than one. What are the details? On this one, you know, the drivers have already been able to split it into two periods. The problem has been the two periods that FMCSA has allowed are eight hours in the berth and two hours outside the berth, not driving and not working at all, but outside the berth. And drivers who use sleeper berths have said, hey, I'm getting restless in there. I've gotten my rest and I look at my watch and eight hours aren't up yet. Well, in the final rule here, FMCSA said, our sleep studies say you can split that into seven hours in the berth and three hours outside because the average rest, restorative rest that truck drivers are getting now in sleeper berths is somewhat over six hours at a time. So we're taking seven, we're giving you three outside. So that's some alleviation of the frustration that drivers have faced of being in the berth and getting restless knowing they're already rested. But there's another major change here in the sleeper berth exception. Under the current rules, the shorter period, the eight and two, the two hour period was counted against the driver's clock counted against the 14-hour workday, the driving window that the truck driver had to complete the work for that day. Under the final rule that FMCSA just came out with, that shorter period, that three-hour period now, does not count against the clock. What that means for a truck driver is that when a truck driver has completed the sleeper berth time, whether it's eight hours in or seven hours in and the remainder outside not working, when those 10 hours or 10 plus hours have been completed, the driver is now starting a completely new work day with 14 hours to complete 11 hours of driving. That means that driver will not feel rushed, potentially drive unsafe to complete my task. It's like starting, it is starting in fact, a completely new day. That is very interesting. The third of these fourth changes, Warren, has FMCSA giving more flexibility to what's known as the short haul exemption, but it does not increase driving time. What's going to be different here and how will this affect trucking? Well, short haul uh, exception pertains to truck drivers who return to the normal work location every day. In other words, they come back to the terminal, they come back to the distribution center, every day. They go out, they come back in. Previously, or under current rules, we should say, because the new rules will go into effect in late September. Under current rules, the short-haul driver could only go out 100 miles, what's called an air mile radius. If you look down from the, the sky, you would see a radius going out for 100 miles. Under the current rules also, that short-haul driver only had 12 hours in the workday compared to all the other truck drivers who have a 14-hour workday. Well, FMCSA is making that kind of uniform across the industry now. In the short-haul exception, they're changing the workday from 12 hours to 14 hours, and they're also increasing that air mile radius to 150 miles. So the driver can go out farther, but still must, under the short-haul exception, return to the normal work location. This gives a lot more flexibility to the short-haul drivers 
They can call on customers that may be beyond the 100-mile radius. They can also call on more customers and spend more time with them because their workday is now 14 hours and not just 12 hours. But there are a couple of things that have not changed that, you know, merits a mention. Number one is their driving time is not increased. It's still 11 hours maximum driving time in that workday. And the second thing they must get back to their normal work location. And that's where their employer maintains their records of of service that say, here's how long that driver has been out. Instead of having the driver maintain the logs, that's done by the employer back at the work location. Now, Warren, these new rules will also change things for drivers when it comes to adverse driving conditions, including giving them more time. But I understand it comes with some caveats. It it sure does. And adverse road conditions are typically related to weather. You start start out on your day and by gosh, the the roads are iced up. Snow is drifting. Uh, There's heavy winds that are potentially blowing over tractor semi-trailers. Under the current rules, the motor carrier, uh, through the motor carrier's dispatcher, can say to the driver, we got a problem out there with the weather. And you, the driver, now have two additional driving hours to find a safe place to park or to go very slowly through, let's say, icing conditions if that's necessary, all in the interest of safety. We do not want anybody, truck drivers included, rushing through bad weather. Well, the problem has been that's great for the driving time, but as we know, truck drivers have a 14-hour workday in which they can get the those 11 hours of driving. The new rule will extend the workday by two hours, just like extending the driving time from 11 to 13 hours so that drivers, again, are not rushed under conditions that are bad and hazardous for driving, that they can take their time in in working their way through those conditions, or they can take their time in finding a safe place to park. And there's one other change that FMCSA is making. FMCSA's old adverse road condition rules said that the dispatcher, the motor carrier, made this call. Well, FMCSA, you know, is quite cognizant. There's a lot of drivers out there on the road who are getting up out of their sleeper berth to start a new workday. And when they get up, they say, oh, my gosh, the snow is drifting. They are beyond where the dispatcher can make that call. The driver can also make that call saying, hey, these are adverse conditions. Now, you ask, you know, are there some caveats? You bet you there are. Adverse road conditions can be more than weather. It could be you're coming upon an accident. There could be a road closure, let's say, for construction purposes. There could be also even extremely heavy traffic. But the caveat here is that those conditions must be unforeseen. You can't claim adverse road conditions because there's the rush hour, and you know there's always a rush hour this time of day. It has to be unforeseen that allows the driver to both extend the driving time and now extend the workday to find a safe place to park or to work slowly through those conditions. Now, when FMCSA proposed hours of service changes in 2019, Warren, one item it said it was looking at was allowing an off-duty break of at least 30 minutes, but not more than three hours, that would pause a truck driver's 14-hour on-duty window, provided the driver takes 10 consecutive hours off-duty 
at the end of the work shift. However, after looking at this, FMCSA decided against it, as well as some other items suggested to the agency when it accepted comments on its proposal. Why did these items not make it into these updated regulations? Well, the first item you mentioned was the single off-duty break from 30 minutes to three hours before resuming work. That was called the split duty proposal. A lot of the comments that came in on this proposal said that that would have effectively created a 17-hour workday. In other words, your 14-hour day that you have now plus up to three more hours, 17 hours, and that it was open uh, to abuse by shippers and by motor carriers. FMCSA said, first of all, we don't have enough information on that proposal and how would it would really work to make a decision, while on the other hand, we do have these concerns about the 17-hour, the extended workday, and the abuse by uh, people in the shipping industry, particularly, that would say, drivers, you still must meet the schedule even though you've taken this extended break. So FMCSA chose, uh, given that, not to address it, not to adopt it. There were other things, as you mentioned, that they acknowledged but did not take steps to address. Driver detention and truck parking are long-standing concerns of the trucking industry and, and drivers in particular. Well, FMCSA did not directly address those, although they said, yeah, we understand they, they, those concerns exist. But they were not part of the notice of proposed rulemaking what FMCSA said they would be talking about. And the rules of, of how federal rulemakings go, go about is uh, you can't address something unless it was originally proposed. FMCSA also said, yes, we had people who said there should be uh, electronic logging devices, mandatory ELDs for short-haul drivers, or, or maybe there'd be some other time-recording device. FMCSA did not adopt that, saying there's a lot of cost involved and that we still have the employers back at the normal work location required to maintain records. And finally, there was a proposal, uh, not in the NPRM, but from commenters who said, well, maybe those short-haul drivers should not be required to return to their normal work location. And FMCSA said, is understandably said, hmm, the distinction between short haul and long haul is now becoming blurry. No uh, short haul drivers must go back, return home at the end of every workday. Now, 17 hours would be quite a workday. Now, with any changes in trucking regulations, Warren, there are always groups that are going to like them more than others. So who are the winners and losers here with these hours of service changes? You always have to remember that that trucking, you know, works in the greater supply chain and in the greater economy. It's, it's a critical part, maybe even the most critical part. But when you look at changes in trucking regulations, you're also then looking at changes in how the supply chain works. So my number one winner is because of the changes in the short haul, because of extending from 12 hours to 14 hours on the workday, and from 100 air mile radius to 150 air mile radius, companies like Amazon, companies that engage in warehouse distribution, now themselves have a lot more flexibility on where they position their distribution centers, potentially farther out distance-wise, potentially farther out as far as the time it takes to get there and to perform work. That flexibility goes to the supply chain as well as to, to the short-haul drivers. 
My number two winner are the ELD providers. Now, that may sound ironic because we just discussed the short-haul drivers are not required to have ELDs, and despite the calls of some of the commenters that it should be required, but there will be changes in the rules on ELDs that will require the ELD providers to talk to their customers. And if businesses have uh, have one thing they always want, it's a legitimate reason to talk to their customers. The biggest winner of all uh, were truck drivers who were required to take a rest break. As we said, there will now be fewer of them because it will only apply to when you're beyond eight hours of actual driving, not just eight hours of un- on duty. But now you also have a lot more flexibility in where you take it because you don't have to be completely off duty, scrambling to find a place to park the truck. Now, there are a couple losers, and the losers kind of go on both sides of how hours of service regulation should work overall. There are people in the industry who feel that truck drivers should have complete license as to how long they drive or when they're ready to drive. You know, I know when I'm tired. I know when I'm ready to go. But FMCSA has a statutory mandate uh, related to truck safety. And they're applying this mandate. Even though FMCSA has given more flexibility here in these rules, they have rejected ideas such as the split duty proposal of up to a three-hour break or such as other sleeper berth exceptions that would allow drivers to split their time. FMCSA has rejected those saying, we are sticking to our mandate on safety. So flexibility, yes. Complete license, no. The other loser is on the flip side of hours of service regulations. There are safety groups saying, what, what is this business about working for 14 hours a day? You know, what about the eight-hour workday? What about the nine-to-five workday that we hear in song? Those folks, unfortunately, don't understand the supply chain. They don't understand the role of trucking in the supply chain. FMCSA fortunately does, and they are, uh, have recognized the impracticality of trying to stick trucking to exact hours. And that's why they're giving this flexibility here, because they know that's the only way we get our goods moved. So when are these changes about hours of service set to take effect? And is there anything, Warren, that you could see that could stand in the way of this happening? The final rule says that the the changes take effect 120 days after publication in the Federal Register. It was officially published June 1st, and the calculator says that brings it to September 29, the effective date for these changes. As to what could get in the way of that, Well, there's always the potential of litigation. In past hours of service proposals, there has been litigation brought by groups that do not want truck drivers to either have more miles or more time uh, on the road. And I am sure those groups will be looking over these changes and deciding whether these are worth litigating as well. That is Warren Heyman, former FMCSA Deputy Administrator, the number two position at the agency, now a pre-pass consultant. Warren, thanks very much for your insight. You're most welcome, Evan. 
You can get more details about these changes to hours of service rules by going to the PrePass website. Just look for the blog under the Resources tab at prepass.com, and you'll find the story entitled FMCSA Issues Final Changes to Truck Driving Time Rules. There you can also read about other trucking industry developments and listen to other installments of this podcast. You can also hear this podcast through your favorite podcasting service, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Don't forget to send us email the address is podcast at prepass.com. And by the way, you can find Prepass on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been Eyes on the Road presented by Prepass Safety Alliance. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening. And remember to keep your eyes on the road.